0: try your best but you don't succeed when you get what you want but not what you need when you feel so tired but you can't sleep stuck in river hey guys <sighs> welcome to the life of an average joe podcast um Whew, uh, just, you got to bear with me. Uh, this is going to be a different episode. It's, it's, it's not one that was planned. I mean, who would, who would ever want to plan an episode like this? Not me. Um, I, I, I almost didn't do it, actually. I didn't want to do it, but I feel like it's important. It, it is part of the life of an average Joe, and if I'm going to sit here and, and talk about my life and things that are going on, I got to do it. That's what I've done. Since the start of this podcast. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. Uh, we have postponed. We were supposed to be live at the truck yard today. Out in the colony. Uh, with the Knights of the Bar Top. And, and, and some other. I think uh, Tika from Kegs and Mugs was going to be there. And we had some other friends that were going to meet us up there. And and it was going to be a good conversation at the truck yard as we ended summer. Uh, even though technically it's not over yet. Uh, that's postponed though. I just felt like. For me personally, I, I, I have other things I have to do um, and I need to get together with some other people right now that are hurting. Um, for those that follow me and know my life and for those that have have read um, the blogs and have listened to other podcasts and, and maybe you follow me on social media or, or what have you if you've heard, uh, or maybe you just know Drew Deanna. Um, he passed away yesterday and I... I it, it, it's very odd to me. It feels very strange. Drew, for those of you that don't know, Drew was a great guy. Um, he was a, a local musician that I had the privilege of meeting. He was in a band. Uh, he did solo. Uh, he wrote music, played guitar, sang. But what what was so unique about him? And and I need to tell you, if I sound scattered, I am. There's no planning in this podcast. There's no anything. I'm not going to edit anything out. I'm just going to give this podcast the real feelings, and and it is what it is. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's what it is going to be. I met Drew about seven, could be eight years ago, and I'm going to be 100% transparent here. I don't remember how I met him. I know his name came up. When i was booking music at this great bar that i'm sure you've heard me talk about a thousand times espiritu uh, i'm gonna take a sip i i need some water guys um espiritu in, in frisco square <clears throat> and i was booking a lot of bands and and local artists and duos and musicians and it really kind of i booked some before obviously i got to texas i i was into booking djs and things like that but When I got to Texas, I I dabbled a little in it. But a spirit tooth, in all reality, gave me that launching pad to dive into the local music scene from not just a fan's point of view, but somebody that was actually heavily involved in the local music scene and booking it and, and finding local artists. Well, I got a name from a guy that I won't mention, mostly because I don't like him. But thank God for him because I, I think he was the catalyst or the the middleman between Drew and I. And it was for the band, Drew's Peace Crush. And I'm almost positive this is how it came into fruition if I'm not mistaken. And I reached out to, to Drew's Peace Crush. I found him on social media. I saw it, loved the vibe of it, saw some clips. But I never, it's hard to judge music based on clips. Obviously, it's gotten way better now. Streaming and technology and pictures have gotten way better. And so you can get a better feel for a band um, or at least the general sound if it interests you or not. Um, but it's still, you know, I always like to see them live. Well, I went to go see Drew's Peace Crush, live. And I was like, this is awesome. And I met Drew. And I gave him my card. And we talked for a little bit. He had, you know, obviously busy. He just got done doing a show. And you know how that is. You got to go shake hands and kiss babies and all that stuff. And I gave him, you know, I I told him, email me, what have you. And he's like, man, just reach out to me on social media. I'm really bad at getting back. Um, But... You know, I'm just crazy right now. He said something along the lines of, like, "I'm really bad at getting back to people, as far as booking and stuff that." Which is funny because he really wasn't. I had a couple moments where he told me he was just jam packed for the next couple weeks, and I didn't bother. I was like, "I'm not going to bother reaching out to him. He's busy." He bla- he bait. I can't talk. Basically, told me, "Hey, I want to play, but I can't." You know, but otherwise, he's always good. He knew when I booked because I was the type of guy. I told you I was gonna bounce all over the place. I was the type of guy that didn't book, some of these bookers or bar managers or owners are awful people, which I talk about in my book. Um, they just don't know how to book the music. They think that you can call somebody and say, hey, can you play on a Friday for $100? You know, they don't understand that. They, they, it's just, and then they wonder why their bars fail, but I digress. Um, I was very much in advance. A lot of times I would book a month, a month and a half, two months out. Now, sometimes I kept some spots open because I was waiting to hear back from specific artists or that I really liked, or we were going to have an event that day. So I was going to see if I needed like a full band or things like that. But for the most part, I booked far out and Drew knew. Like if I, if for some reason I got sidetracked and didn't book him, he better get a hold of me. And he really was good at that he didn't have to do that for much longer because he was just part of my booking. It was like, okay, here's my three, four artists that I'm always going to book. Now, who else we got, you know? Um, And some artists I would do every other month because they were busy and I didn't want people to get sick of them. There was a lot going into that booking. And I I, I talk about that in my book, shameless uh, self-promotion once again. But Drew did tell me that night that he was super busy and If he didn't reach out to hit him up on social media. I messaged him a couple times and I didn't hear anything. But he added me on Facebook from his page, not the Drew's Peace Crush. And I was like, okay. And so I reached out for him there and somehow, and I'm I'm sure if I think about it, I can remember, we connected and I booked him at a Spear 2 as a solo act. Because obviously I didn't need the band. I mean i would love the band but this bar was small i didn't have room for the band or the budget but i could do like a duo or trio or just drew and i thought you know what let's just bring drew in i want to see what he does solo and a thursday night would be really cool for him but friday night is legit and i think he is a friday night guy well i brought that up to him he didn't have a friday that particular month but he had a thursday so i brought him in on a thursday night and I remember it was after the holidays. So after the holidays, everybody knows if you've ever worked the service industry, retail, and everything just slows down. You've got that first week in January where it might be busy with returns and family still in town, maybe. But everything slows down to a sloth crawl. Reason being, very simple. They have parted their tails off from October, November, December, and New Year's Eve. They have drank so much, ate so much, have spent a ginormous amount of money. They've racked up their credit card bills. They've spent it on family and vacation. That number one, they're broke. Number two, they're trying to pay off that credit card. And number three, they're done eating and drinking for a while because you have half the population that says, I'm gonna get a gym membership and lose weight in that first week. And then you have the other half of the population that says I need to detox because my liver is punching me in the face right now. And so it it comes down to a crawl. So I'm like, man, a Thursday, he could be amazing, but I'm only going to have my regulars there. And even my regulars are going to be like, eh, you know, eh, hemming and hawing. And I hate saying that. Don't ever let me say that again, you know, bitching and moaning and they might not come in and, and here i got this guy what if he doesn't want to play here because i mean i'm paying him good but he's working on tips too it ended up actually being a perfect night for him to play because we were busy for a january thursday but we weren't insane i had a full bar people on the patio we had the heaters out there because you know we're in texas it gets 50 degrees and people are putting on burkas and then we had, you know, people on the couches. And, and it was a decent crowd, but it was chill. So Drew came in. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm loving the vibe of this place. And we talked for about 30 minutes before he played. And he did a, He was only scheduled for a two-hour set. He was going to take a little break in between, like a 20-minute break. But he told me, hey, if the crowd's digging it, I'm just going to play straight through. So he did take a break because he went around and mingled with people. And he got a whiskey. I remember that. And we talked about the bar and the vibe and booking and music and it was we were finally getting to that business connection but he was so easy to talk to and i was like i just i was like i like this guy because he was unique i, I always thought to myself he's living in the wrong time period because no he wasn't a hippie but he was But it wasn't he was more than that. He was a loving guy, a soul. He had an old soul with love. Like you could see it in his eyes and his music. Even when he was super busy and he's like, man, I gotta go. Like you could still feel that he, you know, he would give me hugs and, and I just liked him. From the, from the first, you know, venture that we had together, I was like, I like this guy. And he became a regular part of my entertainment. So through a Spear 2, I did that. And then obviously a Spear 2 shut down and I moved on to another location um, down the street, literally. Like, (laughs) I think it was one, two, I don't know, like three miles down the street or something like that. I I don't remember. It wasn't very far. That's all I know. Um, And, oh, it wasn't even, it was like two miles down the street. And uh, the name of it was Stan's Main Street. Uh, that's no longer there either i know it's it's, this is the industry i write about a lot of that part in the book yeah you guys guessed it um so i go to stands my job there is to turn it around you know get the crap out of there clean house beef up the menu market it and let's make this place a party because that's what i do best that's what i did best i don't do that anymore i don't i'm not in the industry anymore but that's what I was. I was John Taffer. I mean, that's if you can ask anybody that knows me, that's what I did. And I started booking music because they really wanted to do it, but they wanted to eliminate some of the people that they had. So I brought my people in. Well, guess what? Drew was there. And then he did a duo. And then he did a trio. And it was, it was awesome. So we're connecting again. He loved the vibe because Stan's had a great patio. Okay, it was, this, it's, it was in this old house, downtown Frisco. I mean, this house probably you know hundred years old, and it's supposed to be haunted. I I never experienced anything in there other than you know freaky owners and managers, but, um. And customers at times. But the back patio was awesome, because the back patio kind of faced this neighborhood. It had all these big trees, and it had a cool stage. It was covered, some TVs, lights. It literally just reminded me of a different place. It didn't make me. Think that I was in downtown Frisco. I felt like I was in Austin, or potentially even Colorado, or just a very cool vibe. And so having live music out there and just chilling, oh, it was beautiful, you know. And Drew loved it. So he was a regular there. But we started developing our relationship more from not just on a business thing, we started to get personal, talk about family, talk about life. He was introducing me to other artists that he supported, which is how I met Jade, who is phenomenal. Um, and you know, I'm gonna tag all these people so you guys, if you guys want to follow them or, or hear their music, you can um, that I mentioned. But it, it, it grew, and again, he never changed. He just he got better as a musician. From my standpoint of seeing him more and seeing what he added to the show, but he got. Better in my eyes as a person because I got to know him, and this went on from stands to the Frisco rail yard, from Frisco rail yard to I don't even know where I went after that. I can't remember. You know, we went to three flights up, uh, brass tap. I, I mean, I could keep going. Any place that I worked at and booked music he was there and then he would come see me at places that i wasn't booking music at because i had some things in between but we always remained in contact and we always remain friends did i hang out with him on a regular basis like some of the people out there no did i call him no did we communicate yes and really it it was really kind of cool because during the pandemic when it first hit Everybody was, you know, inside and things were closed down. And the musicians and service industry, I mean, they just got, they just got kicked in the balls. That's the only way I can put it. I know because I lost my job and that's how I got out of the service industry. Um, That was my final blow when I was like, look, 23 years is done. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. But Drew and Jade were doing weekly shows for multiple reasons on YouTube and on social media for multiple reasons, not just to get some income where you could send them some tips and all that, but because they're musicians and they just love it. But it was so cool because I would sit there on my computer at night or on the TV at night. It was like on Thursdays, I think, maybe Wednesdays. Kind of lost track of time when, you know, the world stopped. And I would watch them on my on my TV every night for every week. And I was still connecting with them because I could message, you do requests, you could draw tips, and then I would message them on social media or shoot a text out to Drew and be like, hey man, um, that was great, great show. And it was awesome. And then I shared it with everybody so other people started watching it. It impacted, music was such an impact during that first wave of the pandemic when we were lost and confused and disconnected. For me, uh, music was such an impact because I, I felt connected to the world and to other people and and music is obviously a huge part of my life but i connected to drew and jade and and i wrote about them in in my blog uh toy cars on the nightstand um which i haven't written in that forever because it's now a podcast but i am going back to the writing i'm just busy um but i wrote about how music was healing the world how i sat there for two hours and watched a cody jinx concert which consisted of Cody Jinks sitting on a chair, drinking a six-pack, I think he had like eight beers, taking requests and just doing songs in his house. And I sat there on the TV and watched it live and communicated with other fans. But local artists were doing that, and Drew was doing it, and it was beautiful. I saw so many comments from people that looked forward to that, that they were helping, people that had severe depression. And, and that whole pandemic and everything that happened and is happening, I should say, still impacted those people. Uh, my uh, door just miraculously opened, so that's interesting. Um, oh, I guess I didn't close it all the way. So anyway, so if you heard that, that was my door. Um, because I'm not in the studio, obviously, tonight. I told you I was going to do this raw, and I'm not, pra- I'm not editing anything out. But there were so many comments and I, w- I would read it on all the social media outlets about you know, what to watch and where's the local music and how people miss concert and people would recommend this and I would watch it and it was great. And then I started to do a YouTube series. Um, I haven't really pushed my YouTube channel at all. I think you guys know. I think I talked about that. That's all going to change in September when we start doing some more live shows and streaming. Things are changing big. Trust me, I'll make an announcement on that soon. It's at that point now with the life of an average Joe. I've been so blessed with these podcasts and, and what's with the new sponsor. and Anyway, enough of that. But I had an idea to sit down with local artists because Facebook, shocker, was trying to stop them from doing this mostly because they wanted a cut of it and they couldn't figure out how to get their money so they were going to start stop they were going to stop it um and i was furious because i was like of course you know leave it to the big boys to crap in everybody's cornflakes when we're already in the middle of a pandemic so i wanted to start something on youtube where every week i would sit down with a local artist um you know they would be at their place i'd be at my place we would kick it talk music they would do a couple songs Promote their stuff where they were at, you know, promote their social medias, whatever, and just really have this artist spotlight featured thing. And I tried to hook it up with a couple of people, they got busy, but Drew instantly said, Yes, I'm in, and we did it. He's the only one that I ever did because I got too busy with the podcast and other things that I kind of put a hold on it. And I noticed a lot of the other artists, since they weren't, Regularly doing music anymore, they were very hard to get a hold of. But Drew was the first one, and it was awesome. And I'm going to share that with you guys on my social media outlets. So make sure you follow The Life of an Average Joe on Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that fun stuff, because I'm going to share that later this week, as soon as I get my head straight. But that's the type of guy that Drew was. If you were, if you. If you were connected to him, you were connected to him. So when I found out that Drew got sick and it was COVID, I, there was a part of me that I I don't want to say I wasn't worried. I know that sounds, I don't want to say funny because COVID is not funny. It's just not. And I don't care what anybody thinks. And I don't care about your beliefs. And I don't care what you say about masks and this. I don't care. Vaccine or not. Guess what? I don't care. I don't. I really, truly don't. Matter of fact, keep it to yourself. Because nobody cares. Because right now we're talking about people that are losing their lives. No, this was not some misdiagnosed drew had COVID, and he passed away from it and i did not i did not expect to find that out i thought drew because he of who he was the peaceful soul who he was i thought that he was going to be okay but that was not the case. On Friday, August 27th, <clears throat> after, you know, being in a coma, a medically induced coma, Drew passed away. His brain was very damaged by the oxygen that it was deprived because he had a heart attack on August 18th while he was in the hospital. He's on, he, uh... I'm sorry, guys. Um... The neurologist explained to the family how much, how his, his brain was damaged because of that. And how the situation is basically impossible to, to come back from. And they were allowed to stay in the room with him, his family and Jade as long as they wanted to. And then they were going to remove his life support. And then they got to stay and say goodbye. So it was Drew's mom. And uh, man, I am having a hard time here. <laughs> uh, Drew's mom and, and family and, and Jade. And he passed away. So after being in the hospital and fighting for weeks with COVID and being on a ventilator and having a heart attack and, and being in a coma, he, he, he died. And there's more details, and it really doesn't matter right now. And for those that want to know, that know me and, and understand, or know Drew, I, I'll talk to you privately off, off the book, so to speak. But I don't get it. You know, this was a man who had peace and love and he was too very funny and talented. I mean, he was just a good soul. And the DFW definitely takes a moment of silence for Drew tonight because he was part of that music scene. He helped me put on a music festival. He was... He was the number one fan and supporter of me being in this group that I talk, and I'll talk about it at a later date, putting on a music festival of all local talents. So much that when I left the group, or I should say was kicked out of the group, again, long story, in all fairness, I was going through a divorce. So actually, yes. So I'm not surprised they kicked me out, but whatever. They did the festival for three more years. They did it for another, I think, two years after that. This is a big festival with local talents and several venues, and Drew was there helping me make the connections and, and, and getting, helping me get the talent. Besides the guys I already knew, he was helping with that. He didn't play it the first year, but he played it the second year. it is amazing in life because you know that you are going to be faced with loss i'm 42 years old it's not the first time i've I've lost somebody that i've known and loved matter of fact i did a whole episode about gone but not forgotten from family and friends from people you worked with even the loss of celebrities and I know what you guys are going to say, well, you don't know them. No, but it impacts you if you've made a connection, Bowie and Prince, for example. And we just talked about this over on Soundwave. But it doesn't get easier. Even when I read about things in the newspaper of people losing someone they love, it, it, it makes me stop for a minute. I saw a... Uh, as I get older, and I think kids do this, kids make this, make you think this way or act this way. And, I, and and maybe just getting older, maybe life does. Maybe when you're married you feel this way too or you're in a relationship. A couple of weeks ago, there was a three-year-old drowned um, at a local, I don't want to say water park, splash pad, you know, it's like a park, but with water. So I guess it is a water park, but not like slides. And it's just a splash pad. Three-year-old did. The parents uh, they were playing with them. They turned around. I-, I don't know the details. I really don't. It doesn't matter. And he died. I didn't have my son that day. My son was with my uh, his mom, my ex-wife, who lives in Little Elm. I immediately text her. Hey, are you guys okay? What's going on? I didn't hear back from her for a minute yeah, fine. I was like, Hey, how's, how's Luke? Oh, he's good. He's you know sleeping. Okay, good. Here's what happened. There were times that we were going through our divorce and I'd be at work and I saw a giant accident and there, I could see a car that looked like her car. And it was so close to where, you know, I used to work so close to where we lived that I, you know, I'd see the car and it was wrecked. And I saw a, a, a blonde woman and a kid and, you know I call hey hey are you guys okay yeah hey, kiss kiss Luke because you think about those things oh my god you know you know that loss is coming in your life but it doesn't nothing prepares you for it I knew that drew had a chance and a probability of living but or uh, passing away but that wasn't in the equation it, it just wasn't and I don't think it is for anybody. It definitely wasn't for his mom or the other people that knew him deeper than I did. But that's the thing. It doesn't matter how deep you know somebody. You know, I, he was not my family, but he was important to me, and we were buddies, and he did a lot for me over the last several years. So he has an impact. I got got a lot of stories. In the time that I knew Drew, I have a ton of stories that I could share about this man. And those stories are gone. I mean, the stories are there, but they've come to an end. I don't say these things to make you depressed or to make this a sad episode. I share because it is a story of the average Joe. Me, Brandon Lavera it's also here to to tell you and it's easy it's so easy to say this when you lose somebody that every day's a gift and kiss the ones you love yeah i i know it's cliché it's hallmark but it is true but if anything has told us, if if anything over the last couple of years with the pandemic with the amount of hate with the with the divide of our country with what's going on in afghanistan with what's going on in the world with the possible hurricane category 4 taking New Orleans out, if anything, that should tell us, guys, we are never promised tomorrow. We are never even promised the rest of the day. We got to love each other, man. And we got to love every minute. And we got to, if you are having that negative moment in your life where you are just feeling angry at someone or whatever, let it go. It's not worth it. You don't have to love them. You don't have to be friends with them. They don't have to sit at your dinner table, but you don't have to make them an enemy by giving in to that negativity. All that's doing is taking away from you and the people around you that need you and love you. Don't waste a day. Don't. And don't play around with this virus. I am telling you right now, I don't care what anybody believes or thinks. It's your personal opinion. Don't doubt for one second that it can't get you and you could end up in the hospital. Because it's the, it, it, it doesn't pick and choose. Yes, some people have two days of headaches and they're gone and then a perfectly healthy human being doesn't come back. I, I don't know. Anyway, that's enough about that. I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. It's not the point. But Drew, I love you, man. I do. I've said that a lot today. Jade, I don't know what you're going through. I don't. I've been there, but I don't know what you're feeling. I've been in that position, but all I can do, I don't know how you're thinking right now, but I can tell you this you are blessed to have that love with drew and you being there today and and when he passed i hate to say cherish that moment but that made it better i know it doesn't feel that way but it did and you know where to find me anyway so if you need anything i'll be around but for everybody that's listening to this I hope you take something from it, even if you just think it's a good podcast, even if you're entertained, that's great, but I hope you guys take something from it, and I'll be back, you know, Um, we will do the Truckyard podcast again, but I'll be back this Wednesday, September 1st for the final episode of season four of the Life of an Average Show podcast. I'll be live from... (laughs) downtown Dallas at the American Airlines Center for the Guns N' Roses concert. So got some, got some things up my sleeve. We'll see what happens. Um, but we'll be live from the Guns N' Roses concert for the, episode, uh, the final episode. And then we go right into season five. And I have a stacked season five. Unreal. Very excited about all these things. Plus there's a new sponsor. And then we've got some new special guest and anyway lots of stuff so thank you for listening to me tonight it's been a rough one i'm not even going to do any more shameless promotion just okay. I, I appreciate you guys listening have a great blessed night and uh day or whenever you listen to this and i'll be back wednesday september 1st guns and roses